Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. Happy New Year from First Church. What gifts did the wise men bring to Jesus? How many wise men are described in the Bible as visiting Jesus? What is the history of this Epiphany holiday, and where do our traditions come from? In this first message of the new year, Pastor Abigail Ozan shares from Matthew 2 and the story of the journey of the wise men, their origin, and what this passage can tell us about following the guiding lights that lead us to Jesus. Here is the First Church Message of the Week. I was, uh, for our Christmas party with the youth, we did a trivia game as part of it, and I like trivia, uh, so I thought I would start with just a couple trivia questions to see how well you know the story of the wise men coming to see Jesus. So this first question, what gifts did the wise men bring to Jesus? C. You sure it's not D? <laughs> Okay, C, yes, is correct. So you know that part, good. The next question, how many wise men are described in the Bible as visiting Jesus? Ooh, there's some disagreement. The correct answer is D, no exact number is given in scripture. And so you can listen as I read just now, and we'll talk more about what those numbers mean and where they come from later. From Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go, search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, And they knelt down and paid him homage. And then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. 
Here ends our scripture. So I mentioned today is Epiphany, and you may not really know where the word Epiphany is all about. So I thought I would give you a little bit of background. Maybe it will stick in your head uh, a little easier. I always learn stuff when I prepare a sermon like this one. It's a little more on the teaching side of things. And I did a lot of research, so I don't just know all of this off the top of my head. Um, but epiphany comes from the Greek word phanon, to bring light. And phos is the Greek word for light, like phosphorescent. That's where that comes from. And so epiphany has multiple meanings. One of the meanings is that it is about shining a light on a situation. So it can be described as a sudden manifestation or perception of the essential meaning of something. Okay, that's a lot of big words. But the idea is that you suddenly realize what something is all about. Okay, and so we talked about light bulbs, and I grabbed this one because I think it's perfect. It's like when you have the light bulb come on over your head, you suddenly get it, right? So that is part of what an epiphany is. It can also be an appearance of a divine being. So in this case, it could be Jesus appearing. Although if you're reading a novel, somebody could have an epiphany uh, that maybe a Greek god shows up in there. That would also be a part of the definition. But today, we are celebrating Epiphany, that it's a festival that's normally observed on January 6th. And it commemorates the coming of the Magi, or the wise men, as the first manifestation or appearance of Christ to the Gentiles. And so, we want to take time to remember and celebrate this important happening. And in fact, this is done in many ways all over the world. Now I just make sure I don't step on it. And so it's also, you may be thinking, well, it's not January 6th. No, it's not. It's January 2nd. Um, however, this is the Sunday that we celebrate Epiphany in our calendar. And you may have heard about Twelfth Night, which is actually uh, another name for Epiphany Eve, or the night before Epiphany, because it's the twelfth day after Christmas. January 5th is the twelfth day after Christmas. So if you think about that song, The Twelve Days of Christmas, the reason that they're talking all about the giving gifts on the 12 days of Christmas is because that is the season of Christmas tide that runs from December 25th through January 5th. And not as much now, although maybe some, but certainly in our own history and our nation and our cultures, we have celebrated more days of Christmas than just one. Um, and maybe some of you still do that. Uh, there have been traditions where people will go around to different relatives' houses on the different days of Christmas or have friends in or whatever. But then Epiphany is the end of Christmas tide, and we are now going to be moving into the next season of the calendar. And another thing about Epiphany is that many consider it to be the right time to take down the Christmas decorations. 
because Christmas is over, right? Actually, if you have not yet taken down your, your uh, decorations, even by the 6th of January, it's okay because the other time that it is considered an auspicious day to take your decorations down is February 2nd or Candlemas. So if somebody tells you that you left them up too long, you can say, well, I'm waiting for Candlemas to take them down. And then you'll sound like you're really smart and observant and all that. Another thing that is important about Epiphany is it is often called King's Day or Three Kings Day. There we get that those numbers in there again. And on King's Day, just like every other great holiday, you've got some food that goes with it. So people eat king cake. And this is true in a variety of countries around the world, including in some places in the US. I, knew, I know Louisiana and New Orleans is one place, but some other places in the South do this too. They make king cakes. And um, in the South, they put a little plastic baby Jesus in the cake. It's baked into it. And then whoever gets the piece with the baby Jesus in it has to bring the cake the next year. In various places in Europe, for example, they put a little black bean in the cake, and whoever ends up with the black bean, I think you're not supposed to eat it, um, whoever ends up with the black bean is the king for the day. This is one way to remember about the story. And there's other ways that people celebrate this day and remember it. In some places, people go from door to door, maybe adults, maybe children, in groups of three or other amounts, and they sing, they might receive a treat, or sometimes they carry a star and they collect for charity. Another way that people commemorate this day is to write a blessing on or above the door. You take a piece of chalk and write the letters K, M, and B. Now that could stand for the um, names that people have given the three kings, Caspar, Melchior, and Belth, Belth whatever Balthazar, <laughs> can't say it today. <laughs> um, or it could represent a Latin phrase that means bless this house. So it works for either one. Another tradition that's celebrated in some different places in South America and Central America and in Europe, children leave out shoes with straw in them for camels to have, and then they find their gifts in the shoes the next day. So that's similar to other places that do that for St. Nicholas Day. And there are even places where People reenact the full story of Jesus. They have whole plays that show about Jesus' life and not just about the story of the Magi. So what is with this name, actually? Kings, Magi, wise men, or even in the song that we, I think we might sing later, I know we sang it at the first service, um, it talks about sages to describe the wise men. Well, actually, the truth is that they were not kings. We're pretty clear on that. However, there are prophecies in the Hebrew Bible that refer to kings coming to see a Messiah. And so 
some people then associated those prophecies with this, and that's how, where the kings came in. I think in, you know, maybe like the third or fourth century or something, I think is when they started doing that. So fairly early on. Uh, however, what it says in Greek, which is the main language the New Testament is written on, written in, is the Greek word magoi, magoi, which in Latin is magi. And you know how in theological language we like to take from Greek and Latin. Um, we often do this. So that's where the word magi comes from. It means uh, multiple wise men. Or as it's used here in scripture, it likely is referring to Zoroastrian priests from Babylon. Uh, Zoroastrian religion is one of the oldest that is still practiced today. Um, it's not all that much older than some others, but the key thing is that it's still practiced. Um, and it is um, from a different region than where the Jews are from. So these priests would have been from somewhere that was probably part of Babylon, um, uh, present-day Iraq or Iran, somewhere in there. And Magi were, of course, Gentiles. They were not Jews. They were foreigners who had come to honor this Jewish king. Now, these uh, Zoroastrian priests were actually astrologers. That was one of the things that they did. And so that's part of why they were considered wise and learned men, or maybe women, I don't know. Um, they saw a sign in the stars of a coming king, of a great messiah that was coming. And so when they read this prophecy in the stars, they wanted to go and uh, to offer their own honor to this king. So okay, they weren't kings, but they were rather foreign priests. But what about the three? Where's all this number business come in? Well, the three is for the three gifts that they gave. And so in the Western church, which would have been the Catholic church that then broke off into these other Protestant denominations and so on, um, you have a tradition of thinking of them as being three because of the three gifts. And as I mentioned earlier, they continued to develop traditions around this, and they even gave the three kings names uh, and more backstories and so on, as a way of telling more about the broader story. In the Eastern Church, so that would be like the Eastern Orthodox Church, the Armenian Church, Russian Orthodox Church, um, they have a tradition that there are 12 wise men. Now, both 3 and 12 are important numbers in Scripture. 3 is divine. And 12 is an important number because it's the number of the tribes of Israel and the disciples. And so you can see why we would pick either one of those numbers. But we don't actually know how many there were. We just know that there were multiple and that there were three gifts. So what does this all mean for us today? I mean, some of you like history and trivia and things about other cultures, and some of you might be wondering when I'm going to get to the point about what, how does this matter. Um, so these uh, many celebrations and traditions 
around the epiphany of the Gentiles first seeing Jesus are all about telling the story. They're about commemorating seeing and understanding God and the role of Christ in the world. Because these wise men realized that Jesus was Christ, the Son of God, and honored him. And this is the very first time that non-Jews, because the, the, uh, his family and, of course, the shepherds and so on would have all been Jews that came, this was the first time that non-Jews came and saw Jesus. And it's especially important because it reminds us that Jesus came not just for one group of people in one place in the world, but Jesus came for all of us in all of the world. And so we have these different traditions to remind us of the story. We are a people of the story. We are a people of the book. Because as you have in front of you in your pews, or maybe as you have at home on one of your shelves, hopefully not too dusty, you have a Bible, which means the book. That's what Bible means. And this is central to our faith and tradition. And so we continue to tell the story. And by telling the story of our faith, it helps us to understand who we are and who God is and what our relationship is with God. Just like in your own family, perhaps when you were gathering in the last few weeks, you told stories about different members of your family or things that happened that were part of who you are and who your family is. So I want to tell this story again, perhaps in words that are a little more common to today, so that we can continue to think about what this story means. There were priests from another land who read in the stars the sign of a coming Messiah. And so they wanted to honor this great coming king, and they journeyed many, many miles to the capital of the Jews, where the king would be, to Jerusalem. And they came and talked about how they were looking for the king of the Jews that had just been born. When King Herod, who was the current king, heard this, he was frightened because he was afraid of some usurper coming and taking his throne. And so he turned to the Jewish leaders to find out more about this. And these scribes and uh, priests told him a prophecy from the scriptures about one who was to come and to be a great king and messiah and to save the people. And so Herod, he asked these foreign wise men to come and he asked them uh, questions about when they had first seen this sign and how long things had been because he wanted to figure out when it was that the baby had been born. Um, not because, as he said, he wanted to go honor him, but for his own nefarious reasons, um, because he didn't want to have a usurper around. So he told them to go and find the child and return and tell him where the child was so that he could honor him also. 
So the wise men followed the star, and it at last stopped at Bethlehem. And they were filled with joy coming to where the star had stopped. And as I think about why, I imagine that they were filled with joy because their long journey was at an end and because of what they were about to see and experience. And so they enter and they see Mary and they see baby Jesus and they kneel down and honor him. And they present kingly gifts to him, gifts of gold and incense and perfume, costly gifts that were truly fit for a king. And then instead of returning to Herod, they went home a different way because they had been warned in a dream against it. And if we were to continue with the story, we would find out it was a good thing that they went home a different way. The story of the Magi, the story of Jesus appearing to foreigners, reminds us that Jesus came as king of the whole world, not just over or for a small group of people. Like the wise men, we are called to honor Christ and to faithfully follow the guiding lights that lead us to him. Like the wise men, we too look for the coming of a great ruler, and we too can find that in our Lord Jesus Christ. The star of Bethlehem is guiding us to another light to follow, to that light for the whole world. God is continuing to be made manifest, to be revealed to us today. So let us open our eyes, look around, and see where God is leading us and continue to follow that light. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information on our church calendar, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.